Thank you, choir, uh, for the beautiful song. Now we have almost full choir. It's uh, really good to see. And thank you for the beautiful words. Especially, I really appreciate that you change uh, from love all men to love each other. I appreciate that. That's very important for us. That we uh, be mindful of that. The moral standard of the world, or what we what is expected, uh, we think it's okay. So kind of uh, that is a standard that we live by is do to others what they do to you. If that happens, uh, that's okay. It is easy to understand. It is rational. We say it is fair. If, if people are rude to you, then you be rude to them. If they don't invite you, you don't invite them. If they're not nice, you're not being nice. If they don't greet you and say hi, you don't have to say hi. If they, if they do evil to you, then you have a right to do evil to them. If they took $100 from you, then you have a right to take that $100 from them. It makes sense, logical. That was what Moses said too uh, in the scripture. Anyone who maims another shall suffer the same injury in return. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, the injury inflicted is the injury to be suffered. It's in the scripture. Moses taught us that. And of course, we often misunderstand eye for eye. We think that that is about revenge. That means that you should revenge. But Moses uh, didn't think about revenge when he said this. When, when he gave this rule, he gave this rule not to revenge, but to be fair. Don't return with excessive retaliation. If, you, if somebody took your eye, go and take that person's eye, but don't do that more than that. Like break their legs or, you know, you know, punch your noses and then uh, take out tooth and, you know, don't do beyond uh, what you got to do. Be fair. I mean, savage. don't be savage. Just do uh, fairly to each other. But Jesus' teaching is different from the moral standard of the world. It wasn't due to others what they do to you. It was this. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Very different. These two are very different principle. Treat others as how you want to be treated. Don't treat them as they treat you. Treat them as how you want to be treated. How do we want to be treated? 
I want to be treated with respect and honor. I want to be treated with, without prejudice and discrimination. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. Well, then treat others in the same way. Don't treat them as they treat you. Treat them as you want them to treat you. Just because they treat you badly, don't bring yourself down to their level. Don't let, don't let them control how you live. We cannot control how people treat us. It's their prerogative. I cannot do, uh, I cannot control how they uh, treat me. If they hate me, I don't know. If they don't like me, I don't know. If they're rude to me, what can I do? I cannot control what they do, their behaviors and their words. But we can control how we treat them. We can control how we respond to them. We don't follow what they do to us. We follow what is good. We follow what is good. We don't follow them. We follow what is good. We don't follow the evil they do unto us. We follow the good that is good for all. Understanding this is the first step of understanding what love is. Without understanding this, we cannot understand what love is. It is the first step of understanding love. Love is not about how you feel feeling good and feeling whatever. Love is not how you feel. Love is not also our response to those who love us. That's not what love is. That's just reaction. Love is not our response to those who love us. Love is doing good that each person needs. Each person needs, everyone needs good, what is good. And then we do that good to that person. That's what love is. And whether they deserve it or not, whether they deserve our goodness or not, we do good to them. In that context, love your enemy makes sense. Even though those enemies do not deserve my goodness, we still do good to them. Because that's what love is. We can, we can understand love your enemies only in this context. And then I realized this was God's love for us. I realized that God's love for us is loving your enemies. That's what God's love was all about. God has been good to us. Not because we deserve it, but because we need that goodness from God. 
that God has been good to us. That's what St. Paul discovered. This is what he said. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, we are still sinners against God. Christ died for us. And a few verses, two verses later, he articulates a little bit more. He said, for if while we were enemies, Paul discovered that we were enemies of God. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. While we were God's enemies, Jesus showed us God's love by sacrificing himself for us. That is love your enemy. That is love your enemy. So God's love is love of loving your enemies. Love your enemies. It is paradoxical. It's oxymoron. Enemies are those you hate by definition. But Jesus said to love your enemies and he showed us his example by dying for his enemies. In loving enemies, God's mysterious plan of salvation is hidden. Mysterious plan of God's salvation is hidden in that truth of loving your enemies. In loving our enemies, the essence of the gospel is hidden. Also, in loving your enemies, the essence of love is hidden. In loving our enemies, we find the purest form of love. That's where we find the purest form of love in loving enemies. In other kinds of love, such as romantic love, or altruistic love, or all other kinds of love, selfish gain, selfish motivation, selfish desire, all these things are intermixed, mingled there. So we don't see the purest form of love. But in loving enemies, we see the purest form of love. Only love. Nothing else. From this kind of love comes confidence and power. When we are able to do this kind of love, confidence and power become available to us. Our enemies do not, cannot intimidate us anymore. They are no longer 
become the object of our hatred. We don't need to hate them anymore. Hatred is very hard. Hating somebody is very hard. It takes a toll on you. You don't know how many people live their lives trapped in the ugly feeling of hatred. I'm sure that most of you don't uh, know what I'm talking about because you never hated anyone. But hatred is very, very energy sapping. When we have hatred within us, we can never be happy. Hatred brings evil to all of us. It creates a bad cycle. Hatred takes away freedom from all of us. We become paralyzed when we are trapped in hatred. Hatred poisons our soul. It is like a bug. When you catch it, you cannot sleep. You feel down. You are let down and depressed. It makes you angry. It makes you weak. It takes away joy from you. It damages our mind and our body. It's like a disease, severe disease. It is a disease that our enemies bring to us. So when you hate somebody, what you're doing is actually opening the door for the evil to come in. Our enemies became enemies because they hurt us. They brought harm to us. But the moment you start hating them, you're letting the evil, you're opening the door of your heart and you're letting the evil to come in and poison and destroy your soul. So double uh, whammy. Not only the enemies hurt us and harmed us, but now because you hate them, you are letting the evil come in and destroy us. That's not a very wise thing to do, is it? So love your friends and hate your enemies. It sounds logical and sounds good, but it is not really a wise thing to do. Do to others what they do to you. It sounds rational, but not a very practical thing to do. Loving your enemies makes much more sense to me than hating them. It stops them from harming us more than what they already did. It is good to all of us. But the problem is we don't have that kind of love. We cannot do it all by ourselves. This kind of love comes from God, not from us, comes from God. When we experience this love from God, love enters into our soul and fills every cell of our body and the cell becomes alive, energized and strengthened. And with that strength, 
we can fight the evil. We can defeat the evil. It heals our poisoned soul. It heals our wounded heart. It strengthens us. Love is the power to bring light to the darkness, hope to despair, goodness to evil. Love conquers. Love brings victory. Even victory over death. There's only power that can defeat the death and that is power of love. And that power casts out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. And then St. Paul said, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We have won the victory. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This love flows from God. It is not what we have. It's not something that we can create or cultivate. It's not something that we can learn on our own. It is not something that we can experience in this world. It is God's gift given to those who seek it. It is God's gift. And when we have that love, then finally, we can defeat the evil. We can defeat fear. And we can live with power and confidence. May God fill you with this love. Let us sing together.